She won the Hearts of the World back in August 2008 in Beijing. Sean Johnson, then just 16, won a gold medal and three silvers for the U.S. But now she admits sadness when looking at pictures of herself from those games. Sean struggled with an eating disorder back then, routinely starving herself to lose weight. Thankfully, Johnson has recovered and is able to live a fulfilling life. In 2016, she married Andrew East, a former NFL player, and three years later, their first child was born. Often, the ordinary things in life are the most important. Sean Johnson East would not trade her family for the eating disorder that threatened to overcome her during the Olympics. What does the Apostle Paul tell Christians in Ephesians 5? Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. In this way, ordinary things become extraordinary. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus as we continue in a series this week called In His Image. First, they said the ratings were the lowest ever. Now, they're saying they're back up. Are you watching the Olympics? If you haven't, You know it's already been a record-breaking first few days. The Philippines won their first gold medal ever by female weightlifter Hildeland Diaz. Canada wins many gold medals in the Winter Olympics, but at the time of this recording, two females have brought home the gold for swimming and weightlifting as well. Way to go, Margaret and Maude. And of course, Team USA is doing very well despite a few surprises. Yesterday, Simone Biles left the female gymnastic team mid-competition, saying she needed to focus on her mental health. Her teammates stepped up, and they won the silver medal even after losing the greatest gymnasts in the world. I pray Simone and all the athletes this year can find rest and hope in Jesus Christ. Competition on the world level is no joke. I can't imagine that sort of pressure. But challenges and trials still come to all of us in many forms. One great struggle I see in our world today is how do Christians stand for biblical truth in a society that is further drifting from them? And we see this most evident today in how we look at sexuality and gender. The issues are unavoidable. They're on the news. The White House in rainbow colors. They're in our legislation. The Texas bathroom bill. In our schools. Drag queen story out. Our entertainment, our social media. They're even reaching into our churches. Let us be the church together. We're not just talking about issues. We're talking about people. Again, injecting myself with massive doses of testosterone. Right here is the needle. The needle's about this big. 15 months on hormone blockers. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? What does God think about these things? It's important for us to know. And that's why I'm thankful for this new documentary that we just heard an excerpt from, called In His Image, Delighting in God's Plan for Gender and Sexuality. It was produced to help equip the church today to answer questions about sexuality and gender from a biblical perspective. It's packed full of Christian scholars and thinkers who keenly point us to God's thinking. And it's filled with testimonies of people who have struggled with these issues. I'd like to send it to you after the program for your gift to the ministry. I know this documentary will give you hope that God is working to redeem many who are confused today and calling them to find their identity in Christ alone. Call us after the program, 
And the number to call is 800-654-2836. 865-HAVEN. Or visit our website. Check out the trailer we have there for In His Image. And then you can make your gift and ask for the double DVD at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now we open with a great reminder by Casting Crowns. Jesus, friend of sinners, we have strayed so far away. We've cut down people in your name, but the sword was never ours to swing. Jesus, friend of sinners, the truth's become so hard to see. The world is on their way to you, but they're tripping over me. Always looking around and never looking up, I'm so double-minded. A plank-eyed saint with dirty hands and a heart divided. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our hearts be led by mercy. Help us reach with open hearts and open doors. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, Break our hearts for what breaks yours Jesus, friend of sinners The one who's writing in the sand May the righteous turn away And the stones fall from their hands us to remember we are all the least of these let the memory of your mercy bring your people to their knees nobody knows what we're for only what we're against when we judge the wounded what if we put down our signs crossed over the lines and love like you did oh jesus Open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers Let our hearts be led by mercy Help us reach with open hearts and open doors Oh Jesus, friend of sinners Angel love 
all of us need to hear. Sung for us by Casting Crowns, Jesus, Friend of Sinners, here on A Haven Today, and the program's called In His Image. In a world like ours, it's hard to believe the Lord when He says He created all things good. But it's right there, in the very beginning of our Bible. The Lord saw what He had made, and He saw that it was good. Evening and morning, the first day, the second day, And finally, after he made human beings in his own image, he declared it very good. It's hard to believe that sometimes, but we need to start here if we want to understand the brokenness in our world today. And if we want to truly grasp the hope that we have as Christians looking ahead to the new creation, we have to begin with the understanding that the Lord made all things good and very good in the beginning. And that goodness hasn't gone away just because sin has entered into the world. Christians can have a tendency to treat non-Christians as just plain evil, to treat the world we live in as nothing but wicked and perverse. Now hear me out, please. I fear this has been on full display as we've wrestled with the realities in our world of same-sex attraction, homosexuality, transgenderism, transsexualism. These are big words, and I don't want to be ham-fisted about this. Some Christians, though, have utterly failed to love others in this area. I think we need to own it. It comes down to failing to acknowledge that all people are made in the image of God. All people are worthy of respect and dignity, no matter sexual orientation or whether they are a thief or a murderer. We can fail to treat others with that dignity. We can't start with the sin. We must start with the Lord's good image. Can you imagine what might happen if we began loving people because they are made in God's image rather than hating them because of their sin? Genesis 1, 26 and 27 tells us that the Lord made humanity in his image. Male and female, he created them. This is his good image, the creation that he declared very good. Now, just because we begin here, it doesn't mean we end here. We need to be clear about this, too. Homosexuality is a sin because it distorts the image of God and his good intentions. The Lord created them, male and female, and sexual relations are meant to be expressed in the good and free covenant of marriage between a man and a woman. He created them, male and female. Biological sex is not fluid and not meant to be changed. But how should we approach those who have same-sex attraction? How should we try and even talk to transsexuals? Join me again as M.D. Perkins helps us think through this important question. M.D., we know that Christ changes the lives of sinners like you and me, but seems to look different in each person's life. How should we talk about change in the life of someone struggling with sexual identity or has gender confusion? The whole question of change is such a a common one, and it is a complex question because it means, well, first of all, there's two embedded assumptions by that. What what are you changing from and what Mm -hmm. exactly is changing? So when we talk about change, we're talking about, people are typically talking about orientation. 
uh, and what what do they mean by sexual orientation or your mm-hmm. your pattern of attractions toward someone of the same sex? Well, the Bible doesn't really talk about patterns of attractions toward people of the same sex. It doesn't have this category, uh, this 19th century, I would say, category of of orientation. It talks about desires, talks about passions, and it talks about temptations. And so we we understand that um, we will face many things in this life, especially if we're believers. You know, the war against the flesh. I mean, Paul talks about this in Romans 7. But the Bible also indicates that there is victory in those battles, that as we submit ourselves to the Lord, that we do gain victory over even the, the lust of the flesh and the, the, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, that we can, in some measure, overcome the things that we face in this life. That doesn't mean that someone who faces temptations or, or trials or struggles isn't truly born again, but it is a question of where is our heart set? What are we, what are mm-hmm. we striving toward? Mm-hmm. What are we hoping toward? So that's, that's my spiritual answer to the question. Now, in, in the practical sense, people ask, well, is change even possible? And I say, mm-hmm. well, there's a lot of people who have changed, and they've testified to the fact that they've changed. And the fact that you say that change isn't possible, just because you have people who say that they haven't changed doesn't, <laughs> doesn't prove, disprove the stories of the people who have changed. So mm-hmm. we need to find more objective measurements for some of these things. And, and like I said, you know, some of the elusive ways that language gets used mm-hmm. in this conversation uh, doesn't do us any favors, because even the concept of orientation is a rather elusive category mm-hmm. once you mm-hmm. actually look at it psychologically, the way that psychological groups like the American Psychological Association defines it as patterns of emotional, romantic, and sexual attractions. Well, each of those categories has a lot of of nuances and ambiguity to it. Do I have relational attraction toward the other male friends in my life? Does that mean that I'm somehow innately oriented toward male friendships, even though I seek male friendships because I'm a Christian and I want to preserve my marriage and I want to honor the Lord in these things and I want to have constructive, healthy, masculine friendships? That doesn't that doesn't mean that I'm a homosexual, you yeah. know. And so even the ways that language has been softened and become vague and really unhelpful in this conversation, which seems to be all part of this larger agenda in some ways, it, it does does a lot of disservice even to, to trying to get clarity on, on some of these questions, even such as, is change possible? I mean, the, the answer of the film is yes, change is possible. But our change comes not from us looking in ourselves, trying to make ourselves better. Our change comes from looking outside of ourselves to the one who is, has died for us and has promised to bring us to himself. So it's not about us picking ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Now, maybe somebody has enough willpower to change themselves in that way. I don't mm-hmm. know. But that's not my point. I don't, I don't, right. I'm not interested in trying to perpetuate that story. What I want to perpetuate and what I want to propagate is the story that Christ can save sinners of whom I am a sinner. And I have my own, my own mm-hmm. issues and things that I've come from and my own sin patterns that I've had to subject to the mercy of Christ and overcome by the power of His Holy Spirit. And that is mm. possible. That's mm. possible for every one of us. And that's a story that every Christian, if they have the Holy Spirit living within them and they truly are born again, then that is a story that, mm. that is an idea that resonates with all of us as Christians. This is Haven Today in a program called In His Image. And that was M.D. Perkins, one of the producers of the documentary called In His Image. I'm thankful that he could help us think about this complex issue. Change is possible. But it doesn't always look the same in every Christian's life. Now, of course, I don't mean someone can follow Jesus and still live in sin. 
Jesus said in Matthew 5.30, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Living holy lives is non-negotiable. But there's something no one can do, and that's eradicate sin's ongoing tug on our hearts. Let me explain. Siegfried and Roy, they were a famous magic act, a duo that wowed audience in Las Vegas and around the world for years. They did all the known tricks, being cut in half, making one or the other disappear, card tricks. But their main attraction was a white tiger that would assist them with a variety of their acts. Of course, they would keep the tiger locked away in between shows, but during the show, it would be let out. In 2003, the tiger attacked Roy during a show. It mauled his face, bit his neck, severed his spine. And this story illustrates exactly what I mean. We can put the tiger of our sin in a cage, making sure we don't cross certain boundaries, making sure we don't do certain things, but we cannot stop the tiger from wanting to eat us alive. The Lord might change our desires, and many same-sex attracted individuals have testified that their desires have changed as they follow Christ, but many other brothers and sisters in the Lord continue to have same-sex attraction. They have given their lives to the Lord They've chosen to live their lives by his good design, even though the tiger lurks in their hearts. Their identity is in Christ alone, and they have found him to be all-satisfying. Yes, the Lord has sanctified them, and they're walking with him, producing the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. They deny the tiger's power through the powers of the Spirit, but they can still struggle with the pull of the flesh, just like you and me, right? But it all starts with the Lord's love for them. The Lord loves his creation. Remember Jesus when he encountered sinners on the way? He treated them with love and compassion. The woman at the well in John 4, she had five husbands. She was alienated from her community because of her sin. Jesus had no problem calling out her sin. But that's not where he started, is it? He began by going to the well. He initiated a conversation. He pursued this woman, and eventually he showed her who he was. Christ loves us, and he moves us towards his love. Yes, he deals with our sin, but only in the context of his love and compassion for us. He refuses to let our sin define his relationship with us. He moved toward us in the incarnation and in the cross, he was reconciling the world to himself. As Paul says in Colossians 1.19, his resurrection proves that change will come. And one day our sin, the tiger in the cage, will be finally gone. Our struggles with illicit desires will be no more. And we will finally be free. Free to love the Lord and free to live our lives as his children. Created good, loved as his creatures in his image and redeemed as sinners saved by grace. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free. I'm a child of God, guess I'm
Song Worship, Who You Say I Am, on Haven Today and in His Image. I'm sure you've heard this line before, God made me this way. It's a half-truth. As we've been studying this week, God did make us in His image, but the rest of the story is that we have chosen to rebel against Him. Sin has separated us through Him. But there's good news. Good news that Jesus has come to redeem us and make us into new creations, And he calls all sorts of sinners, religious sinners, sexual sinners, gluttonous sinners. Let's be honest, sinners like you and me. And if you'd like to come to Jesus, have your sins forgiven. I'd like to invite you to get in touch with us today. As our first song said, Jesus is a friend of sinners who come to him. I'll give you our contact information in a moment. But first, I want to remind you about the new documentary called In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I think we all need to see this powerful documentary that's rooted in the Bible. Yes, it does address the confusion that sin has brought to the subject, but even more, it points to the hope that we can all find in Jesus Christ, even those struggling with same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria. It's filled with God-exalting testimonies, as well as helpful and biblical teachers who will provide answers and hope straight from God's Word. Would you call us right now? Would you ask for the double DVD of In His Image? And for your gift to the ministry, we'll send it to you right away. Our number to call, and call us right now, is 800-654-2836. 865 Haven. Or visit our website. Check out the long trailer we've placed there for In His Image. And then you can make your gift and ask for the double DVD at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Death is the last enemy. 
That's what the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 26. No matter who we are or what we do, we will one day experience death unless Christ returns first. But Christians have hope, even in the face of this enemy. In fact, our Lord is so powerful that even his enemies work for him. This is what God told his people through the prophet Isaiah thousands of years ago. Go, my people, enter your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath has passed by. Through Christ, our tomb will be turned into a bedchamber. Our death will become a portal to blessing, not condemnation. Let Anchor Devotional help you spend more time in God's Word daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.